rinky dinking time. And our delicious friends at Duncan are bringing it to you. Our thanks to them. I'm Star's color analyst and highlight presenter Daryl Ray, aka the Razor Boy, aka Reservoir, aka the linguistic larsenologist. And with me, as always, Mike the Heike from DallasStars.com and also flow-growing stars-embedded videographer Jeff Totes. I would ask you two how you are, but nobody really cares. So let's just move on with the uh, minutes of the of the meeting, if you will. Uh, I just spent four hours on a Zoom call, so I'm ready to talk. I didn't get to talk on that one. Uh, here, let's start with this. Hey, you, you want to hear an insane statement that is cloaked in a little bit of truthiness? Would you like a little dose of that? That's why we're here, Daryl. Okay. Is this going to be the season the Stars win the majority of their games, but lose most of them? Hmm. Now, but let, let, that, let that simmer. Let that percolate. Uh, hmm? Is this statistics versus the actual score of the game, or is this something different? Well, you can be whatever you want. I, I just lay out the premise, man. <laughs> you don't have to explain yourself. You're like a do you poet. Want me, do you want me to read that again? Sure. Did it not? Did it not set? Yeah, I'll need that one again. Okay. Is this going to be the season that the stars win? You can put that in uh, parentheses or quotations. The majority of their games, but lose most of them. Hmm. hmm. Riddle me that. Out shoot, out chance, out this, out that. End of the night, they have more goals than you. It's incredibly frustrating. Yeah, it is. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. Look, I'm trying trying to just lay this on your lap, Michael. I think I that is what has been going on. That's what Rick Bonus has been talking about for two months now. I know, and I asked him about why can't they score, and he's like, Mike. I know. You he, know the answer to he that. Used some, he would sounded like me. He had some mics involved in that one, that answer. Mike, I didn't what do you want me to job. say, Mike? <laughs> it was kind of funny. Oh, man, oh, man, hey? It's I, bad. Like, how many, how many games now do you think uh, they have uh, put on the, on the old wall like last night? I mean, they should have won last night. There's no yeah. way they... There's no way they – I know they got a point, and it was heroic how they came back from 3 nothing down with seven and a half minutes to go. But, again, it, it, it's a loss. I mean, you can count it whichever way you want. You can call it the shootout loss that it was or an overtime loss. It's a loss. There's a loss attached to it. And, uh, and yet they deserve better. <laughs> so, man, they've got I, a few I, of I them. Just I, wish- do they have a half dozen of them? Yeah, I think I definitely yeah, I do think too. they did. Yeah, where I call it where they left points on the ice and you know, either that's you you should have gotten a loser point out of it, or you really should have won. And and it right. may be it may right. be six that they really should have won. Hmm. So it's I'm in the in the intermission uh press box and we're just all BSing and they're talking about this and that and the other. I go, why don't you just go out score them five to two? They're the predators, they're struggling, they're giving up five goals a game. Just go outscore them, and they 
They just can't seem to do it. I don't know how. I don't know why. The game before they got five. I mean, they got three last night. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, I mean that's you average four goals a game. You're you're going to win a lot of hockey games. You'd yeah. think. But the, that's the thing. There, there's a little uh, stars twenty twenty one cyclothymia going on. Look it up. Google it, people. I know what I'm talking about. The Stars' offense either full throttle or in first gear, right? For the most yeah. part. Yeah, and they've I mean, been they, streaky. I mean, even last even, year. Not even streaky. It's just like so seven nothing against Nashville, seven three against Detroit, six three at Columbus, five nothing against Columbus at home, and then when you take the other sixteen games they've played. They've scored three goals or fewer in every single one of them. So, w- what are you supposed to be thinking that that they that they have it in them that that that's their potential? Are those big production nights, or it, do you do you lean more toward the okay? Those are just uh, epiphanies, one offs here and there, and uh, spikes, and for the most part, they're the other three or less. What I rationalized last year is that that is who they are. They would go through stretches of scoring three goals or four goals in a period. Like last night, they scored three goals in, what, six minutes, seven minutes? That's kind of what they have been in the past, where they they really will group these goals, and they'll get hot, and boom, they'll just take over a game. And then they'll go four periods with nothing. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, it is who they are. So they're capable of these outbreaks cyclothymia yeah exactly it's exactly what dr Ray said cyclothymia uh, you, 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 you need to have that looked at <laughs> you should <laughs> i hope there's a prescription for it <laughs> i'd give it to the stars i'd give them that shot right now uh and, and the, you talked about this in in your little uh text to me what you wanted to to spitball and toss around and i'm i'm with you i i I kind of like the subject, scoring chances, because yeah. you hear it so much, right? Scoring ops, looks. Who's to say what a high-danger chance really is? It's a good question. It, it, I mean, it, 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 It's so bloody imperfect, is it not? Yes. Now, all the, the entire sport is. That's why analytics is so <laughs> That's why it's so hockey. great. <laughs> well, it's great, and it's, it really is difficult because you can say that they did this, this, and this. Okay, well, they won the hits battle. Well, that means they didn't have the puck. You know, right, or, right. You know, I'll watch a face off. It sure looks like the stars win and they'll give the win to the other team. And you're mm. just like, and we've gone over shots. I mean, shooting percentage, they don't even they don't count shot. Mi- a guy takes a shot and misses the net. Guy takes a shot, hits the post. Not a shot. Not a shot. So how do you get shooting? Per- I know. Anyway, it's it just, is all imperfect. Uh, um, but I think what, and I've talked to old school people. That's my problem. I think I'm old. School you talk to too I, many old school people. I talk to too talk many to old Totsie. school people. Talk to Totsie. new school. Are you not new school, JT? The newest of schools. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Brand new school is what he is. Well, the old school guys don't like this NBA style hockey where people are just dangling and trying to shoot from uh, 50 feet and, and or, you know, try and beat three guys to the net. Uh, they're like, why don't we get three guys there and just hammer and hammer, and if it's goaltender interference, we'll take it back and hammer again. And they believe that's what's missing in the Stars form of the couple of guys, old guys I talked to, that they need to get to the net and they need to score like Jason Dickinson did. I would agree co- with that. Yeah, I w- where the other coaches yell and say, no, no, he interfered, you know, and they're yeah. like, yeah, 
Yeah, he, yeah, he interfered, and he's going to do it again the next time. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how you get the new school kids to do that kind of hockey. I mean, you've got a Radic Foxy, you've got a Jason Dickinson, you've got players like that Jamie Ben who would go in there and, I'll, and I'll give poke you one, at a goalie. I'll, I'll give you one, uh, one reason why it's tough to do, and this this usually happens a lot with with uh, hard edge checking lines. And you'd like to get a little bit of offense out of them, always, uh, or or even even back in the day when you when you had a, a corner guy, right? If you, Brendan Morrow when, when he was younger, I think was that way. It, it's hard to be out in front of the net, at the net, or in his scoring spot, and be in the corner digging the puck out at the same time. So sometimes when you get a line going that that's doing wonderful cycling and it can be the bane of my existence, but I understand it. Some groups just don't get, turn it into the chance that they need to turn it into quick enough. And they just sort of cycle themselves into submission interchanging in the corner and everyone's facing the glass. One of the biggest problems in our sport right now, I think is that too much hockey where everyone's looking at the outside of the rink, not the inside of the rink where the nets are. But you, you can't be in two places at once. So it, it's difficult to be a net-crashing team when you, you spend your whole time in the corners and banging along the boards. You, you got to get somebody to the net. You have to get the puck to the net, and everybody blocks shots now. And that's yeah. a problem. Well, and the uh, other thing is, it's like if you look at the FCC line, that's a great shift. If they go into the offensive zone and they, they're there for 40 seconds and they don't get a shot on goal – they're still being told, well, that was a great shift. Even, even Blake and, and Andrew, the, the two major veterans on that line, have talked about it before that they, they understand they, 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 at some point they need to get the puck to the net. And they get mad yeah. at themselves that they do too much of what I just talked about. And they're exhausted. And, and by the time they do get it into some kind of a scoring area or a good look, they don't have any energy left to, to try to score the goal. Yeah. Cause that, I mean, that is some toiling along the outskirts of the rink. That is not easy hockey. And, uh, and then the other part of it with, with high danger chances and how they're tabulated, like a, a sharp angle roof daddy, th those are not counted as high danger chances because they're outside of the area that they deem to be high danger. And I'll tell you right now that that is one of the prime spots for the modern shooter to score, yeah. Because of the way goaltenders play, you get down near the icing line, and if you can elevate it past his earlobe, I mean that is a scoring chance now. And then a lot of these guys with the new technology sticks and their skills, which are incredible, that's a scoring chance. But it's not counted that way. So what you know, what are you supposed to believe? And and on top of that. They have no clue whatsoever of the visual hurdles that goalies are dealing with. They None. So there are times when you, you can look at a shot from wherever, and they would not deem that to be a high-danger chance. But I can tell you from playing the position, depending on what the traffic situation is between you and that uh, innocent shot to their eyes, it's a scoring chance. <laughs> Yeah. Like, if a guy gets a little bit on it and you don't see it, it's a, it's a friggin' scoring chance. And yeah, I used to but, argue, I used to argue because they uh, they wouldn't count. I don't know if they they probably still don't shots from like center or the other blue line that are on on net. 
mm-hmm. and you would you would stop it, and it would never get counted on the shot clock. Right. And I'd be sitting there going, well, I'll, I'll guarantee you this. If he shoots it from there and I lift my stick and it goes in, they'll count it as a goal. Yeah. So why would you not count that as a save? Why would you not count that as a shot on goal? I agree. Joke. Joke. Uh, on the vice versa, for, and this is against goalies, which, you know, again, I, I'm not trying to be, but Do you hate I'll goals? tell you this. When you're five feet in front of the net and you're hammering away and there's four bodies between you and the goalie, I don't think that's a great high danger scoring chance. I'm going like nobody ever scores from there when there's, you know, two defensemen laying down. Right, and, yeah, no, that's a good know, point. You know, and, and, and they're going to call that. Oh, my, you're in the house. You're in the, the best scoring area. And I'm going like, yeah, that puck's not getting through there. No, so not with I modern goaltending and not with the inability. Yeah, yes. Not with the inability to get that puck over top of a goalie from that distance. I yeah, agree. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like it's so imperfect. They don't under they, they don't fully the numbers don't fully understand the the position and the positions. But they they uh, have lots of fun little bubble graphs and everything. It's yes, supposed do. to tell you what's going on. All right. Like now to- all totes that is, said, totes is just throwing stuff at. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, listen to these old codger clowns. They don't even know. <laughs> Now, all that said, are the Stars getting good scoring chances? Because they Uh, continue to say it. All the stats continue to say it. And yet, they don't score. Yeah, I know. And it's it's long in the tooth. I'll always say this, though. And it's the same thing with with like uh, hits or something like that. The same person is tabulating for both teams. So you you can't say you're getting uh, screwed that badly. And it's the same thing with... Like if if they're counting their own internal uh, scoring chances, it's going to be the same. The it's the same uh, metrics that they're using. So, um, and you know your eyeballs tell you. I mean, my eyeballs to- last night told me they should have won that hockey game. Yeah, they had all. They had a ton of great chances. Most of the great scoring chances. Pekka Rene was just old school Pekka. Oh my gosh! And that he shootout fabulous. on Pavelski. <laughs> He, he was fantastic. He was fun yeah. to watch. That that that's that, that's good time goaltending right there from from a big guy. And you know, part of it for him too was situationally motivated. Gave up six the day before. Gave up five the game before. That gave up eleven goals in two games against the Florida Panthers on home ice. So yeah, he was kind of like, I got to make a stand here at some point. Did yeah. he ever? Didn't need to do that against our little stars trying to back it up. And I felt so bad for Rick and, and the coaching staff not being able to trot out the same lineup again the following night. I mean, what a year for that. What a year. You have a yeah. you have a just a, a wonderful full everything going throttling of the opposition one night. And then the next day you wake up in the morning and you realize one guy's had a baby, another guy can't go. All your lines are going to have to be moved around, and you're going to you're going to try to build on what you just. Did. How do you build on something that you built the the day previous when you've got totally different materials the next day, or a lot of them? Unreal. Yeah, and and Rick has said his plan. He what he likes to do as a coach is keep lines together because he believes it builds chemistry. And he goes, "We can't do that this year. We just we we would love to. We yeah. can't." And he believes that's one of the reasons why sometimes they're not scoring is because oh, there's they don't no have doubt. The, 
Yeah, they, they don't have the chemistry. Oh my god! Look year. at how many games Rick Bonus has coached in this league. Yeah, he's seen some stuff. Yeah. Like, he he he's not just trying to make things up as uh, this excuse and that excuse. It's reality. And I, I mean, last night you had four of your top six scorers from last year not available. <laughs> and your number uh, one goalie. No, I, yeah, I agree. And like, it's funny, like I, I wrote in, in our little email that I'm being negative. And, and I think the negative of all that is the reality of where the, the standings are taking us. Because if you, if you can get into the playoffs, then maybe you can get Sagan back and Bishop back yes. and Radulov back. And, and then all of a sudden now you've got that, plus you've got Jason Robertson, and plus you've got you know, Dennis Kirianov if he, if he can get hot or, or you know, Rope, Rope can be whatever he can be. And you really could be a team that could challenge. But I don't know. The numbers are just like, well, it's going to be really hard to get to that place this season. And, and that's, it makes me, like, I was negative after that game last night. And they had a great comeback, and they got a point in the standings. And had they been five games up on 500, we would have talked about how great it was. But I just saw it as another wasted point that they left on the ice. Yeah, and it's hard to overlook the fact they were down uh, three to nothing in two of the previous uh, three games, right? Yeah. So, um, but the the one other potential positive, along with those things you mentioned, with players coming back and guys finding their game and the team getting healthier, is there has to be as much as it drives coaches berserk that. They can't get going. They can't get any traction because it's different lines and different personnel in the lineup from game to game. There, there is a, a positive quality that can come from players having to play with different people all the time. That, that it isn't just a uh, will be blanket comfort. I, you know, I play with this guy and we play together, and I can't play with anyone else. And you know, you, you learn. I think you learn a little bit to adapt. And uh, and gets your ears perked up a little bit more within a game. I would think maybe more so for more veteran players. Maybe it would help the young guys a little bit better if they had. Uh, they probably do need a whoopee blanket <laughs> or, or one of those uh, glow worms or something that keep you comfortable at night as a toddler. Uh, but because there's a lot of them in the lineup, uh, five yeah. again. You know, f- my goodness, there's a lot of green in the victory green this year. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I mean I, that's 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 the the hope and the positive going forward. But the reality right now, and I understand it. I think I think fans feel the same way. Certainly, the coaches understand. The players understand. They've won three of their last sixteen games. Yeah, like and they, and they need what? It's stunning Probably. to even say it because it. I'll be honest with you. It doesn't feel that way. No. In past, when they've been in the death spiral, it's felt that way. And this really hasn't felt that way. Yeah. So is that encouraging because they could come out of it at any second? Or is yes. it discouraging? Because no, no, I'll say, I'll say it's encouraging. Okay. Because the other problem I have is, okay, you take those three wins over 12 games or whatever it's been and say, then say, well, and we need 26 more. And then you're like, oh, mm-hmm. that's a lot of wins. Mm. So, you know what they but, could, but last what? year they, they followed their 1-7-1 and one with 11-0-1. Oh, and one. And so they certainly have done it in recent history with this lineup. So they're capable of doing it, I think. Yeah, it just feels like they need, and I hate hearing, well, Rads is a week away because usually when teams get into uh, funk like the Stars are in right now, what gets them out of it uh, is something coming in usually. 
You know, he got yeah. healthy and somebody came back in the lineup and all of a sudden our lines looked normal again. And then they got going and then there was positive and all of a sudden he's a better player and he's a better player. And that guy that came into the lineup, man, look at him. He's got four goals in six games and eight points. And you know what I mean? Yeah. But when you're trying to do it, when you're losing people all the time, not getting anybody back. Well, just look at Rope coming back in the lineup the other night and what an injection that was. Yes. And then he can't go the, the next game. So it's been, man, it's been tough that way. Tough, tough, tough go. You know what they could use, Mike? Some coffee and a donut? Yeah, they could use a cold brew with sweet, cold foam. That's what they could use. New Duncan sweet, cold foam is what they need on top of theirs. It's a perfect way to top the perfect cup of Duncan cold brew. You know that? It's an added it layer. Yeah. Listen to this. Listen to this. It's an added layer of silky smoothness on top of already smooth, 12-hour steeped Dunkin' cold brew. They're Stick using, that they're in using cup, science at Dunkin' Donuts, aren't they? Hmm? They're using science and technology to make the world a better place at Dunkin' Donuts. Well, they give a little lift to every sip with that velvety feeling that you just can't top. Dallas-Fort Worth runs on Dunkin'. Our little stars need to run on more <laughs> Duncan. There's no doubt. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer on this one. Hey, uh, speaking of, uh, of products, how about the local products came through last week? Seth Jones, Blake Coleman. It's always good to see those two boys. It, it tickles me. It really it does. It does me too. I, I think you and I are two of the few guys who've been around here for 20-something years. Yeah. And to so to see the process that they had to get to to excite young players, um, it is neat when when you can see them playing in the NHL. Mm. And and they return in the yeah. summer here. Like it's should they return to stay someday? <laughs> is that wise? I would love it, um, but again, you know, so many times I think you see you know in, in other sports where players come back home. Uh, it, it doesn't always work out exactly the way you would like it, but boy, from a one fun standpoint, and I think we're all about fun and stories, and two selling ticket standpoint. I am. I don't know about you, Mike. From what I've read in the <laughs> comments section, you're not into the fun stuff anymore. <laughs> not anymore. I guess. I guess that ended last night. What What impact could they have on the sport and team in the community? Wow, that's a good one. I think the story. Uh, and the fact that they, you could relate to them. And so you always talk about role models. Mm -hmm. So here's a kid who's eight years old and he's in Texas and his friends all love football. But this one guy loves hockey. And, you know, he goes out and says, well, you know, uh, Blake Coleman did this. He was in Plano. He was surrounded. All his friends were football players, but he went to the NHL. Um, and so I do think that's important. Um, we're in a we're in a very interesting area uh, when it comes to trying to promote a sport that is a little even after 25 years is a little strange to a lot of people. Um, so if you can get this to the athletes, as we always say, the kids who are the best athletes, then the opportunity to turn those best athletes into hockey players, I, I think that would be fantastic. It's a yeah. great sport. It's a sport so many people enjoy. Um, so to get one of those guys living here, going to the rink every day, you know, just visible in the community, 
uh, would be a great thing. Hanging out on the ticket every Friday morning. You know, if we could get a guy like that, <laughs> that would help oh, sell God. the game. Hopefully you get someone better than that clown that's on there now. <laughs> the You know, you mentioned earlier the fact that it sometimes can be too much of a distraction for the the guy from the the hometown. There was a time when the Toronto Maple Leafs had zero Ontario-born players, and usually when you're talking Ontario-born players, mostly Metro Toronto. And I look today, currently there are 11 players on the Leafs roster that were born in Ontario and a bunch from Toronto. And, I mean, you, you can't have more distractions as a professional hockey player than you have in Toronto and more media scrutiny and – and all those things. So, so they've, they've obviously embraced it uh, and gone local uh, there. I mean, that, that shocked me they had that many. Does it shock you? Uh, yes and no. I, I mean, we used to funny. go in there. We used to have 11 Ontario guys, I think. Yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody on the Stars was from Ontario. Yeah. Uh, I think, I hate to say this, but I think the Don Cherry effect did eventually yeah, maybe. Maybe. You know, make an impact. And I, and I think he had a lot of followers. Like they're going, I think they were tired of saying, why is Seth Jones playing for, you know, another team? Why isn't he playing for the Dallas Stars you know, or whoever it may have been, Tyler Sagan, Jason Spezza. How is that guy not playing for the Maple Leafs? Mm. And part of it was their drafting, I think, too, because I think they had a window there where they were going very European early on, uh, which frustrated the locals. And and part of it was, you know, I think they were worried about the distraction. Yeah. Um, but I... Well, that, I and think, then the I think other, it's a great, it's a great thing. I mean, you look thing at Jason too, Spezza, and he is so happy just to be playing, you know, two seasons there, and, and that's a cool thing to me because I think it's great for him. No, well, that that's what I was going to say. You, you do need to have guys that want to be there too. Yes, you know, like Tavares wanted to go back there, and Spezza was tickled that he got to play for the Leafs for a while. I I think you had a lot of. Uh, Toronto kids and, and Ontario players that want nothing to do with that media horde and and that uh, slanted view of what the Leafs are or should be or aren't. They just ate some guys alive uh, yeah. with just the pressure of that fishbowl. And uh, some guys dig it. And when you can succeed that way, man, you're, you're God forever in those locales. So uh, I looked at at cap friendly today, Seth Jones has one year left with a modified no trade, and Blake Coleman's a UFA after this year. Yep, and so. Toronto's in a little bit of cap uh, trouble. Uh, Toronto, I'm sorry, Toronto Tampa is. Bay. I don't well, know. My, my brain isn't working. Tampa Bay's in a little bit of cap. I thought you you were breaking news that Blake Coleman got <laughs> dealt to the Leafs or something. It was a waiver pickup. Mm. Uh, well, speaking of Canadian teams, the the coach firing uh, <laughs> gun went off again this week. Uh, the Flames just brought Daryl Sutter back from the farm in Viking 15 years later. And Montreal had already punted Claude Julien, ending his return to Mount Royal. So uh, it, it's an interesting hire, isn't it? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, and yet I, who else would work out there but Daryl Sutter? I mean, who understands the Flames and the Flames history and the Flames mentality better than Daryl Sutter? And uh, I know players are always going to say it, but like there were two or three guys, you know, uh, Johnny Hockey 
was saying, we need it. We need a disciplinarian. We need a guy to come in here and shape us up. And so I don't know, maybe it'll work. They said the same thing in Anaheim when Carlisle came back. And, uh, you know, so he went back to Anaheim where he'd won. Claude Julian went back to Montreal. You got Sutter going back to the Flames. Hitch obviously came back here. Uh, Do you know why the two changes were made this year, though? It wasn't. It wasn't the way back machine love affair uh, nostalgia. It was expectations. They, yeah. And the Flames made some deals in the summer, and it wasn't going well. And they had a guy right in the backyard that took them all the way to the Stanley Cup final against Tampa in '04. And with the Montreal Canadiens, they 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 thought they were going to be world beaters this year in that Canadian division. Yeah. And it hasn't worked that way. Carey Price was not playing well. The goalie coach got pumped too. That was a weird one. And, uh, hey, yeah. Supposedly no, let go in the middle of the game? Oh, who knows? Is that That's what the not, rumor is? I, Again, it's, yeah, it's Montreal, so who knows? Yeah, I mean, they might be making all that up. But, man, expectations. They're, they're wonderful, but you better meet them. <laughs> well, and again, and I do think the, the North Division – Everything's going to be, you know, times 10 up there this year. Oh, they, you know, just, I, I haven't heard Tippett's name come up, but they, almost every city up there, they, there's questions of, well, is this the right guy behind the bench? It's just like, what? My, my brother it's, asked it's me Vancouver, that the same thing. Ottawa, yeah. well, they're not, there's not too many expectations in Ottawa. Uh, but early on when the Leafs were, were not quite finding their stride, there was still some talk there. It's crazy. Yeah. My brother what, asked, what how in the world can they, can they just fire guys like this? And, and you know, I, I don't know. And especially with the, what the budget's going to be because of COVID and the empty buildings. And then, to the fact, and I, this may change because of COVID, but most of these coaches want five-year deals. Mm-hmm. So then are you paying two or three coaches if you're firing one every other year? Yeah, but that's just the... the the pot, the I don't want to say it's a positive because it's certainly not a positive. I have so many good friends that are coaches in this league right now, but the it doesn't affect your cap. You're not dealing with with yeah, cap. True. It's just money. Yeah. And where else can you do that with just money and have a major impact on things? So yeah, they they become easy pawns to just kick off the board. Unfortunately, uh, but it that. You're, you are right, though. Like, when you think of the Calgary Flames, you think of Daryl Sutter behind that bench. I know he went to L.A. and the great success there and Cups and, and that, but I still see him in behind the Flames bench prior to, prior to the league opening up and, and the war <laughs> on obstruction. <laughs> oh, I wonder well, if, And again, and I have a lot of old-school friends who believe old-school hockey can still work in this league. And that maybe some of these younger players are in need of a little bit of old school discipline. And, and Daryl's not mean, he's just firm. And maybe that's the perfect thing for the players nowadays. Yeah. And the belief, I don't even know if it's belief, knowledge. I think we've seen it enough now and, and recently that the regular season National Hockey League is not the Stanley Cup playoff National Hockey League. No. Those are two different seasons. Now you got to get there. Yep. But then when you get there, you can't be shocked by the fact that it's all out warfare and a lot that gets called uh, in discipline in the regular season is just 
Sorry. Move along. Which brings us to officiating. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, this is a difficult year for our stripes. You know, they're flying around themselves through all this and and uh man it it just seems like it's not great a lot to me we get crap about not knowing the rule book as broadcasters but it seems to me some of the young ones don't know it either the other night they had they video reviewed a puck over the glass and over the netting i know it's different with netting and behind the players benches now and not glass but that's not reviewable like it's and not yet, reviewable. Yet they wanted to get it right there. And yet we were sitting there and We've we're got going, this what, TV are, what are they here? doing? Why don't we like, just go look at it? Like, what are they doing? You you can't you can't review that. You just make a decision, yes or no. So I I think tripping is over whistled in our game. I got home after our game last night and I'm watching the Flames game, and there was a, a rash of tripping penalties. And what happens now is players are in there fishing for the puck. You know, they don't want high sticking penalties. They don't want hooking penalties, the obstruction penalties. So they try to keep their stick on the ice by keeping their stick on the ice and going after the puck. They end up in skates and everyone's moving their feet so much now that they either step on, on blades or they feel the stick between their legs. And what's known as the can opener is, is a, in an epidemic in the league right now uh, from the, the whistles because every time a stick goes between a player's legs now, they go down and it, it gets called. And I, I don't know that it's always tripping. No, you're right. It's funny. They had a play last night where uh, uh, one of the Stars players appeared to trip one of the Nashville players. And Rene just throws his hands up and the player just kept skating. The Nashville player just kept skating. And Rene's like, fall down. Come on. We need this. So I, it's encouraged, I think, to to not be as strong in, on your skates as you used to be. I guess, um, but I, I guess and, they and get again, in the way a lot too. Does it feel that way? Yeah, maybe that's just the the rapidity and the and the speed of the game, but and they have nowhere to go. Yeah, but but man, they seem to get hit a lot with with pucks and stuff. The other night, who was that threw a check? It was the hardest. It was the hardest <laughs> check thrown in was, the game. But I do remember that. Uh, they, you know, one other thing, and this isn't the referees, this is the linesman. They should assume that more pucks are touched on icings that go skipping past guys. Yep. Because it's going too fast and they're just assuming that it went all the way through. They they can wave off a few more icings. Yeah. That's my, that's my hope. That's my wish. Well, and again, I, 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 my belief is that if you're trying to make a play and you just miss by an inch. Sometimes just let it go. Uh, yeah. You know, I know you, you yeah. need to be clean and everything like that, but this isn't the purpose of icing, I think, is to prevent teams from taking pressure off on the defensive end. If you're trying to make an offensive play and you're an inch off, just, yeah, like you said, just wave it off, yes. let it go, let the flow of the game. Do you know up. what that's called, Mike? Managing uh, the game. This, is this, is this uh, another uh, uh, biological term? No, 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 no. That's called managing the game. And the, look, the hockey is the hardest sport to officiate. There's a lot going on out there at 35 miles an hour. Yeah. I love and respect Stephen Wacom who runs these officials, but damn, I miss old school game managers. Yeah. I miss those refs that, that, you know, Stewie, two guys get in a fight 
and they didn't get enough punches in or any, two each for roughing. I'm not going to yeah. give you guys five-minute majors. You didn't earn a five. Yeah, exactly. And look at some of this stuff. You're trying to buy a call here. You're trying to do that. Then it gets a little too ramped up, and they, they put the top on the pot and simmer it down a little bit. I love that. Yeah. And I, well, I, I don't and know that there are enough guys that understand how to do that now. And maybe it's the fact that there's two of them out there. Back in the day, say, there I was just one, really and he could did. manage the type yeah. of game that he was going to call. But it, it helped players. It helped us because you knew what type of game was going to be called. Like, yeah. you understood it. And it was consistent all the way through. Yeah, I think and, it's harder for two guys to, one, manage a game and, you know, make sure that they're yeah. making the calls they're supposed to be making. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. It's, well, they're the just, guys in the fancy stripe uh, outfits out there and the two guys with the orange armbands are the referees. The uh, dress code uh, issue has reared its head again. Did you hear this one? I have not. I, it's I can a hot only topic. assume. Totsi's going to weigh in on this one. That, that they uh, want dress sweats. Code. Yeah. This is right up your alley. So I'm driving into the parkade at the game against the Blue Jackets. Um. And walking in front of me are half a dozen of the BJs all in matching track suits. And I'm thinking to myself, barf, I think. <laughs> I'm thinking barf. And there seems to be this movement afoot to relax the suit and tie dress code. Maybe it's just the pandy. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe it should be more individualized overall. I don't know. Uh, but it, it seems like this is coming down the old pike to me, that the, the players want to dress down, not up. Uh, JT, are you getting that sense? Yeah, definitely. And I, I noticed the Blue Jackets rolling in both games like that. And I thought that was cool because as far as I know, they're the only hockey team doing that. Uh, it felt really Premier League, didn't it, seeing them like that? Oh, it was very soccer. Yeah, yes. very soccer. Uh, but I, I don't know. I thought it was cool, I guess. Um, well, I'm it was apropos that the Blue Jackets were right. wearing Blue Jackets. <laughs> You're right. I'm definitely in favor of the dressing down, though, though more towards self-expression than unified team oh, like that. Oh, you know what we just heard from, Mike? NBA JT. Yep. NBA JT. That's who NBA, that was. Uh, that's a good point. That's right, because you look at an NBA team doing the unified dress code, and that was LeBron telling the Heat that we're all doing the gray suits and getting them all fitted out, and that was cool. That's way cooler than a matching sweatsuits. Yeah, the matching track suit, sweatsuit thing to me is like here i would be fine with it for travel because the travel code is antiquated yeah and i've said this before like our players get out of their cars get onto a chartered plane strip put on their lululemon sit get up take their lululemon off put their suits back on get into a bus on a tarmac walk into a hotel, and then get changed in their room back into some comfortable gear. <laughs> it just, you're, nobody sees them. No, it's funny. It feels like they're putting those suits on for the photos that I take on the tarmac <laughs> for that 300-foot <laughs> walk from That's the, what it is. the FBO to the It's a freaking catwalk. It, it's literally, a tarmac it's, up walk. It's like, I hope everyone has their suits on. We're getting these photos and then put on whatever you want for the actual flight. See, now, my, my golden idea was to contact, and this is coming, 
Uh, I should have trademarked it. Contact uh, Lululemon. Tell them to make suits. And then they could just sit in their suits and have the same comfort level. And it wouldn't wrinkle or anything. And then they wouldn't have to change. Just one outfit. Bam. Whoa. And they'd look good for your little photo shoot. And, and that would go beyond sports. I think business people would do that, too, if they're sitting yeah. in a meeting all day and everything. I think you got something there, right? A Lulu right? suit would be so comfortable. Yes. ABC pants are the greatest invention on planet Earth. They move with you. They let the boys move. It's wonderful. Do, do you want to the, hear my old man thought? But <laughs> My, my yes, son I do. loves Lululemons, oh, no. oh, God. and he got some $100, whatever it is, sweatpants. I go, you know, they sell those at Walmart for 7 bucks. Oh, of course you did. Course they do. They're great sweatpants. Goodness. Are they? Fruit of the loom. Yeah. Goodness. Burlap waistband. Nah, they're very comfy. Come in a five pack. But but <laughs> so you be the final word on this, Totsi. The the dress code thing needs to go where? It it should be the same way it was in the bubble. I thought that was great, and that oh, was. Entire- I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Mike and I weren't in the bubble, <laughs> and, just- and all of our <laughs> listeners weren't in the bubble. That was just you. Yeah. Remember, you were allowed uh, to go in. You're right. embedded. Yeah. So tell us about the bubble dress code. Well, it was, it was pretty much non-existent. It was completely casual, no mandatory suits or anything. And I don't I, like that. Obviously, that was different because there was no flights, and for some reason, we put an unnecessary formality on air travel but uh i would much rather be i'm in favor of full self-expression um and guys being able to be a little individualistic yeah i like that i like that i like that if you want if you feel better wearing a suit wear a suit if you want to wear like a spongebob square pants outfit with a backpack then do that right or as we saw in the bubble if you want a custom joe pavelski tiger king shirt like john klingberg wore i thought that was awesome yeah, but I'm telling you right now, there, there's there's going to be a line. There's there's going to be a line, and some people are going to cross it. Yeah, and, and it'll then what do you do? It'll self-regulate. It will. It'll yeah. It, I I feel like it will. Well, first off, I feel like the line for hockey, just based on how traditional it is, uh, will be much less than any other league. The line, so it, inevitably it'll be crossed. It'll be towed, and I don't know. Will be like- the will be the most. Uh, we're not we're not going to be the most liberal group. No, it'll be by we'll far be the conservative. most the most conservative yeah. fashion, but but it'll be more interesting than the current state of affairs. But you what about the matching track outfits? I just thought that was cool from Columbus just cuz it was something different and it showed, I don't know. It looks off day to me. Yeah. It looks, it looks too off day. Yeah, it felt a little it reminded me of when like traveling with college sports teams. Um but I don't know. I, I was in favor of something different instead of just everyone in muted color suits. You know, the ones that I enjoy the most are when teams have a theme trip, which started, I think, in in Chicago with the Cubs. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that in baseball a lot. And yeah. I, I do like that. Now, they, they, they have to go on the road a little more than, than uh, we do. And they're there for days. But I, I like that. And some teams in the NHL have followed it up. Yeah, but think about like how our guys rolled into the Winter Classic. That was awesome, just doing yes. the whole Western thing. Yeah. Like, and you don't have to do that for every road trip or okay. every game. Okay, yes. But that was okay. sweet. Okay, how about this then? Would you go with this? Pick a day. Uh, week, weekend games, you got to dress up. Weekdays, you can dress down. What do you think of that? I like that. Yeah, I'm I on, do too. I'm on I just came that. up with that. Mike, are you on board? <laughs> 
yeah, I was just going to throw out, what about the Olympic uh, team potential? Should should there be a Dallas Stars outfit that is designed to be worn uh, uh, at travel? That's not quite a sweatsuit, but I a little bit nicer. I believe that's referred to as a tracksuit, Mike? Or but they're kind of uh, different. The ones that they wear... At the uh, at the opening ceremonies or whatever, are a little bit yeah, different. Yeah, but then so let's get Ralph, Ralph Lauren, Lauren on board. Polo or whatever. Yeah, but then then you have to keep that clean. I had that in junior. We were given one blazer for the Blazers. That's <laughs> right. Uh, but we were given, honest to God, we, you got outfitted by the men's shop in Kamloops, and you got this this uh, logoed blazer like Romo and. And Nance wear on CBS for no reason. I, that that's mystifying to me. There's a logo. There's a CBS logo on the mic flags on the screen in the corner of the screen on their set, and then they wear blazers like it's 1983 or something. Uh, but that's a different topic. Yeah, but we, we had the one blazer, and we rode on buses for 19 hours. Now you didn't sit in your blazer the whole time, but that thing saw a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it saw hot dogs and mustard and uh, ketchups and balled up and used as a pillow and all those things. But you had one, you had one jacket, and if you did that for the team, they would have one jacket all the time. And unless you're going to make up a a whole wardrobe of it, and then you're right back to where we started. So me, me they dress up on they it. dress up on on Saturdays and Sundays. I would say. Well, maybe not because they're usually afternoon games on Sundays. Friday and Saturday, they no. they have to go dressed up. Rest I, of the time, whatever. I love this idea of everyone for like a Tuesday game kind of slouching in in sweats and it all builds up throughout the week to like yes. your, your Sunday best. Yes. Your, well, your Saturday best. Saturday best. Yeah, that's your premiere outfit. That's when it's Sunday, you can wear the Walmart sweats from <laughs> the Mike Heike collection. That'd be a good look. What would the Mike Heike collection be? It would be... It'd be Walmart sweats with a, a long drooping corduroy <laughs> sport coat, or would it be velvet? I think it's it's alternating, but oh, yes, it's a collection. Corduroy right. and velvet are both in in the mix there, and, and Topes, a sweater vest. Topes and and royal blues is that what we're yeah. going for? Sure. As far as colors and sweater vests, like yeah. an entire side of closet of sweater vests. They yes? serve a lot of purposes. I hear you. They cover up the gut and you know I smooth think things out. I'll, I'll I'll let you guys in on a little secret here. I think our on camera uh, dressing up is going to see a little casual uh, aspect to it in the future. I'm just saying. Whoa. Just saying. So maybe they'll take their cues from us in in makeup <laughs> on camera. <laughs> Uh, I was going to talk about the COVID-versary, but I think we've gone long already, haven't we, Tootsie? Yeah, we're right on time right now, so maybe next week. Yeah. Well, Friday is the one year since the pause. Isn't that unreal? Yeah, unreal. and so much is it. Like it's so. No, I'm not getting into this, Mike. We were going to we we're going to package <laughs> this for next <laughs> no, week. No, go ahead. I'm kidding. It's just, just so frustrating, and and I can't wait for it to be over. And I don't know. Just what going you, to the just going to the arena. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what do you miss the there? most? What do you miss yeah, the most? The arena. I miss the arena. I miss the fans. I miss the excitement. It's just Totsi gets to go to the rink. There's no COVID for him. No, yeah, I think my what I miss is on the off days. 
off <laughs> and away from the rink. Yeah. <laughs> Too much rink for you? Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's a young guy, not me. Yeah. I miss, the, I miss the rink. I miss the, yeah, I hear you there. I miss the floater bus. I just miss the regular rhythm of things. I mean, you do something for your entire life and then you get jarred out of it. Uh, you know, we've learned to cope with wh- how we do things in that now, but man, I'd love to go back to March 10th <laughs> of last year. Yeah. yeah. You know, geez, hopefully we get back there. It looks like we're trending in the right direction. Uh, speaking of time, clocks spring forward this weekend. True. That sounds right yeah, to me. I yeah. don't know the exact Op- day, but yeah. Yeah. So, Huh. Well, maybe next week we'll get into the optimal time for puck drop in hockey. Interesting. It's always, I have strong thoughts. Always, do you? Good. <laughs> no, it's kidding. always false advertising, NHL start times. 7 o'clock means what? 7.08? 7.10? Joke. One of my favorite quips about time is from comedian Stephen Wright, who said, I went to a restaurant that serves breakfast all at any time, so I ordered French toast during the renaissance ah. <laughs> yeah you know what i'd order today totsy what's that be an iced americano and a big old bag of munchkins from duncan that sounds good yeah that's all the time we are willing to give rinky dinking for another week is it not i think so we're going to be back with more next week we're going to hear all about starting times from jeff totes can't wait for that, and uh, can't wait for COVID-versary talk with Mike Hikeup. You boys be good. You people, thanks for being here. Farewell. For Mike and JT, I'm the boy, and we are out. <laughs>